as teachers, I feel like we are always comparing ourselves. Why is that? We don't need to be the teacher next door, the teacher down the hall. It is such a trap that we fall into as teachers, especially when we're simultaneously battling with imposter syndrome. So if you're a bit of an introvert, if you're a little bit awkward, which is fine because I am exactly the same, I'm a very awkward person, if it takes you a while to warm up, if you don't have a very strong teacher voice, that is all okay. This episode is going to bust any preconceptions around what it takes to actually lead a classroom and lead it with strength and teach you how to really embrace your teacher personality no matter what type of person you are. Welcome to the Unteachables podcast. I'm your host, Claire, and I am absolutely no stranger to the challenges and let's face it, sometimes carnage of being a teacher. And if you found yourself here listening with me, I'd say that you might know a bit about that as well, because being a teacher is freaking hard. And this podcast is dedicated to making you feel a hell of a lot less alone whilst giving you the knowledge, support and strategies that you need to not just survive the chaos of being a teacher, but truly thrive. Think about it as getting a weekly dose of relatable, actionable, and most importantly, enjoyable professional learning straight into your ears. So hit the subscribe button, download me for your commute, and let's get into it. Welcome everybody to another week of the Unteachables podcast. Hope you've had a good week so far. Um, I'm sitting here currently with COVID. So if I sound a little bit breathier than usual during this episode, that's why. And it's also why it's really nice to be able to jump on here and have a chat with you today, because I feel a little bit less alone, a little bit less isolated jumping on and being able to have this chat with you. Now, this, um, topic that I'm going to be talking about today has come from a couple of places. The first is that a little while back, I posted something on Instagram and that was, um, I don't know who needs to hear this, but If you are an introverted teacher, if you're a quieter teacher, that does not mean at all that you can't be a very effective teacher when it comes to behavior management, classroom management, um, and all of those things. And the response to that was just so immense. I wasn't expecting so many people to jump on and have that conversation with me. And the kind of things that people were messaging me about or commenting about were the fact they've been, um, you know, doubted their whole career because they were a quieter teacher, that people have not given them opportunities because they think that maybe they can't do the job properly, that they have had their own doubts about themselves and and their ability to be a teacher. I had a lot of new teachers that have come on saying, thank you so much for that because I don't feel like I can do the job that the person in the next classroom across can do because I don't feel like I can get them. I can't get these students to pay attention to me. I'm quiet. It's not me to kind of be that character that, you know, embodies what a teacher should be. Well, this episode is all about breaking that stereotype down because you don't have to be a particular person. You don't have to be a particular kind of teacher personality to be an incredibly effective teacher, to be somebody that, you know, has amazing impact, not just in terms of getting students really good results, but, you know, managing a classroom really effectively and calmly and, you know, having really, really good behavior as a result of that. And to do that, I'm going to be talking about my best friend and a case study of sorts, I guess, to give you a bit of inspiration and then some practical strategies along the way to, to be able to go into your classroom and apply it. But mainly it's just about getting you to see that you can embrace your teacher personality, whether or not you are quiet, you're loud, you're introverted, you're extroverted, whatever it might be, everything in between. 
And this week's episode has also come from um, a couple of reflections of my own. So I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but I met with Kiara, who is just the biggest personality. And, you know, I taught with her when I first started teaching. And so I was reflecting on, you know, myself and my teaching and what I felt like when I first started, you know, Kiara is confident. She's comfortable. She's like beloved by the students. She easily engages them and it seems really natural for her. I mean, I didn't even really struggle with that. I I am a bit of an introvert, extrovert. So I get my energy from kind of being by myself at home and not talking to anybody, but I've never really struggled with that in the classroom. I feel like in the classroom, I am you know, I'm pretty good at engaging students. I'm a little bit of a louder, more out there personality when it comes to that. But even me feeling like I'm okay with that kind of stuff, I went to that comparing place with teachers like Kiara when I first started teaching and really doubting myself. And because of that, it really messed with my head. I felt like I needed to emulate that in some way. And I I tried and I failed that because I didn't know how to be with the kids because I was too busy paying attention to how other teachers did it. How does this teacher engage the students? How does this teacher talk to the students? And kind of like watching those interactions and thinking I actually had to be that um, when really things changed for me when I realized that we can harness our own personality and be who we are and the kids respond so much better to that and we can really make our personality work for us in terms of classroom management and behavior as well. So that's what this episode is going to be about. So I'm going to really start by talking about the most incredible educator that I've ever known. She also happens to be my best friend in the whole entire world, um, but I promise that my view of her teaching isn't biased at all. She is just living and breathing proof that you can be the most awkward And I mean that in the most loving of ways, you can be an introvert and you can be the most incredibly effective teacher in the world simultaneously. Um, Not just when it comes to managing a really complex and challenging learning environment that you can be really, really effective, but also getting results with the kids who are chronically disengaged. And I know that she'd probably hate me talking about her in this way and get all bashful. Um, But then I also know that she'd be secretly stoked that I'm bigging her up so much because, (laughs) you know, she's, she's really amazing. And she really changed my mind when I was working with her because I taught with her when I was in my first year of teaching as well. She changed my mind around what an effective teacher looked like and what they could be. And I've got nothing but admiration for her. So I wanted to use her as a bit of a inspiration for anybody who's a little bit more of an awkward, quiet, introverted teacher, that you can be an incredible all-rounder of an educator and really embrace that about your personality because there's nothing wrong with you. It's just who you are. Um, I love my awkward people out there. I'm incredibly awkward myself, even though I'm not as kind of quiet about it. So she was an awkward human. She was a bit quiet. She is a bit introverted, but she just had her classes just And she used to say it all the time. I've got them in the palm of my hands, you know, like she really, really did. I can just picture her saying that now. She taught maths and English. So like high school English and maths. Um, So it's not an easy task whatsoever. But she managed to get even the hardest to engage students that were lacking complete confidence in their own abilities. You know, and, and maths is such a barrier for some students and English, obviously, but people are either maths people or English people. So she's constantly kind of teetering that edge between them. But she managed to get the hardest students to engage. She managed to 
get students who are lacking complete confidence in their own abilities to come to maths on time. They, they were coming in and they were high-fiving her. They were shaking her hand. They were so ready to learn with her. And I just remember watching this in absolute awe, thinking, like, what are you doing here? Like, what's going on in this classroom that you could just have them there ready, so, so ready? And I'm talking like her classes were big year 10 boys. I remember this one class, they were all like double her height. They barely went to any of their other classes. They were never on time, but they would be there waiting before the bell for her class. And she's tiny. So they towered over her and they were all like really cute and bashful with her. You know, they were involving themselves in maths games. They were heads down. They were doing their best. So what was she actually doing? Because when I looked at those lessons, when I looked at the kind of personality that she had, um, but then the skills that she had as an educator, what was she actually doing about it? I'm going to break it down a couple of different things. And I'd love to have her on the podcast one day to actually talk through it herself, but I don't know if she'd be keen for that. (laughs) So we'll see. Um, I'll put it to her after I've released this episode. I haven't spoken to her about it. Once I've released this episode, then I might ask her. So the first thing that I could see her doing was that she was just highly consistent she was consistent with herself. Like she was always there. She was at the door. She was greeting them with their individual handshakes and hellos and just constantly making the room a place where they wanted to be a community. Like I remember her like handing out stickers at the door because they were on time, like not as a reward, but just like to foster this really positive community of learning. Um, and these boys, as I said, like they were huge. They towered over her. They were massive, but you know, they were, they were there getting their stickers and grinning from ear to ear and just so ready. She was consistent with her routines and expectations. When students came to her class, they knew what to expect, which is so important. She always had a starter activity up on the board. That starter activity was always something that they all could achieve. Um, it had a little bit of novelty about it, you know, like there was always something that they knew when they came to class they could do that. Um, and, and they could do that in a way that was exciting and fun. And it was driven by concepts. So it was relevant to them in their lives. She was also really consistent with her nonverbals, which replaced her voice. So she obviously had a quieter voice, even though like, obviously she could, um, you know, she spoke up and she, I'm painting her as somebody that never talks and she's really meek and quiet, but that's not the case. She obviously has a, a voice when she needs to have a voice, but when it came to her nonverbal, she removed the need for her to be a loud authoritarian figure. And she's replaced that by standing in attention spots, modeling stillness and calm that she wants from the student. So she was able to really master those nonverbals, the nonverbals that really do in our careers and in our practice, like they are the bread and butter of what we can do in our classes to um, like, no matter what kind of teacher you are, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, these kind of nonverbals are so masterful. Which is why I think that um, this particular type of personality lends itself really well to behaviour management because you have no option but to replace it with strategies that aren't authoritative, that aren't really power over, and you replace them with strategies that are calmer, you replace them with strategies that are more nonverbal, you replace them with strategies that are more equitable for students and that calm them down and help them with their regulation. So I think it's really a superpower being a bit more of a quiet personality in the classroom, but you just need support to be able to implement these types of strategies. So what else she did? She built their confidence. So they were engaged and they learned because they felt safe. 
they knew that when they walked into that room with her, whatever she had planned for them, they knew that they that they knew that they were going to be able to achieve. She had that there for them. So I spoke about already the starter activity that was driven by concept and was always relatable to them in their lives. It was always doable, but all of the work that she put out there was not just achievable for them, but it was also not easy. They were challenged. They achieved. They felt accomplished. I remember walking into her class one day and doing like a really informal observation. Like we always used to kind of just hang out and pop into each other's lessons. And I miss, I miss her so much. Obviously I'm on the other side of the world right now. And I feel really emotional talking about her. Um, but yeah, seeing her lessons, they just all felt like they could achieve. They all felt super accomplished. And I remember them putting up their hands and saying, I've finished this work. And just like the joy that came from learning in this space. And it was all because it was And I'll go on to speak about it in a second, but like it was all in that zone where they felt like they could achieve, but they were also, you know, like really working hard at it as well. It was something that was worth something to them. So I'm about to break down three strategies that you can try that she used to increase engagement and really proactively manage behavior, whether you're an introvert, extrovert, quiet, loud, whatever you are. But before I do that, I think it's really important for me to acknowledge the work that went into actually getting to that point. Very often with teaching strategies, you know, you put a teaching strategy out there, it seems simple enough, like, you know, like the routines, the nonverbals, all of that stuff in concept, when you read it on paper, you think, oh yeah, like that's fine. That's pretty simple. But actually the skill that goes into mastering those types of things is immense. Um, And obviously the planning that goes into lessons that, have the, you know, the, the things inbuilt with those routines, with the nonverbals, with the, um, you know, pitching it correctly. It really does take a long, long time. And I wanted to acknowledge that because my friend had to work on it so hard. And I remember having a conversation with her once and she was telling me how in her first couple of years of teaching, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but she was just trying to work it out. She was um, spending a hell of a lot of time feeling like she wasn't good enough in the classroom. And then she went away and she did everything that she possibly could to make sure that she was an effective teacher. Cause this was not an easy school that we're working at. These kids displayed some really complex, challenging behaviors. A lot of them had experienced trauma. A lot of them had experienced chronic failure in education. So this wasn't her walking into a classroom that was ready to learn, you know? So she had to spend a lot of time in her early career, really learning these skills, honing these skills, trialing these skills, mastering them. Um, so I really wanted to just highlight that because I don't want anybody walking away today, trying these strategies I'm about to talk about and then go, well, I've tried those strategies and it's not working. Well, it takes a lot more than that. And obviously it's a podcast, it's not a big course. So um, just give yourself grace as well and allow yourself just to practice new things and for things not to go too well, but then to keep practicing them because that's how we get better in our practice, obviously. So what can we do? What are three things that you can try to increase engagement and proactively manage behavior, whether you're an introvert or not? The first thing is make sure their work is in their zone of proximal development. So I spoke about that briefly when I spoke about how every time they went into the classroom, not only was the work achievable for them, but they also felt challenged. They also knew that they were going to be able to feel accomplished and learn something new. That's because their work, just like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, it wasn't too hard. 
It wasn't too easy. It was just right. The zone of proximal development is a space where students can learn and progress. And this was like um, a theory by Vygotsky of learning and development. And it's defined by that space between what a learner can do without assistance and what they can do with guidance and collaboration. So if you can scaffold it to make them achieve it, um, all of those things that can push them up to mastering different skills. So sitting in that zone is where you want students to be. The next thing is being really consistent with routines. Do you have a starter activity? Do you greet them at the door? Do you have a particular exit task, exit slip, exit and entry routines, all of those things that get them in and send them on their way. The point is not the routine itself necessarily. It's your students knowing what to expect when they walk into that room, what they expect from you, what they expect from the work. And that in itself reduces the stress response in the brain. And as we know, when the stress response is active, that's when you're going to see the most challenging behaviors in the classroom. So all of those routines that you put into place Um, The fact that they know their work's going to be achievable for them is going to reduce behaviours from the get-go proactively because they're not in that fight or flight the second they walk in. They know that when they walk into your classroom, it's going to be a safe space. They know that they are going to be able to achieve. They know that they are going to be able to learn. They know that you're going to be there with a smile on your face, handing out your little sticker or whatever you do, just a little handshake, a greeting that you choose to do with them. They know that they're going to get a starter activity that's going to be just right for them. All of those things have incredible power for reducing behaviours because obviously we can't control human beings, but we can control the environment that we set for them. And through that, we can influence their behaviour because we're starting to co-regulate with them and shape how they feel in that environment. The next is nailing your nonverbal communication. It's much more than hand signals. It's much more than the teacher look. It is a very complex and broad topic, and it is really something that you have to master and practice. Um, I'm actually creating a course just about nonverbal communication and using that as your superpower that will be coming out in the next month or so. Um, But I just can't stress this enough. Your nonverbals matter more than anything else in the classroom. I like to explain it as being the conductor of an orchestra because your energy is the thing that guides the energy of the room. And this is something that is so empowering for all teachers, obviously, but especially introverts, because it takes that pressure away from using that really strong teacher voice. You don't have to be that big, loud character to get engagement and attention. It's actually the opposite. I remember, you know, as an introvert, extrovert, I used to always try to draw engagement to me by being loud, by being entertaining, by being you know, by raising my voice above the rest of the class and then drawing it back to me. But what I really needed to do and what I learned then soon after, luckily I had some really amazing training in nonverbal communication. What I learned was that by drawing it in and actually being quiet and waiting for attention and choosing my position and my spots and using all of the things that will actually bring down the metabolism of the room that was the magic and that was what shifted my practice forever. So the best advice that I can give without going into too many particulars, just because this is a verbally spoken podcast and it's very hard to model certain things, but I think just go in and practice with your nonverbals and just see how the room changes depending on what you're doing. So go in and one day just be like flapping around and be a little bit more energetic and loud and 
just see how that impacts the class itself and see how they kind of respond to that energy. And then 10 minutes later, really drop it back down, go almost to a whisper, make your body very still, take a really deep breath and see how that then shifts the room. And of course, in terms of like behavior management and all of those things, it does take a little bit longer to get students to respond to that depending on the class you have, but you will see the energy shift immediately, even if it's not like a perfect fix because nothing is ever a flick of a switch. But these nonverbals are the closest thing to magic in the classroom. Once you've been consistent with them, once you've practiced them, Once you actually know how to do these strategies and you're really self-aware of how you're going to be doing that, they can shift things immensely. And I really can't wait to do a bit more work around this with teachers. So to wrap up this episode, I want to remind you that even though being friendly and being personable and being kind and all of those things are really, really super important, it isn't about whether or not you're an introvert, quiet, loud, all of those things, you don't have to be this big, huge extrovert to have a highly effective teaching personality, both pedagogically and behaviorally. So I want you to just go out and embrace your personality and hone that personality and style and voice. As lame as it sounds, there is only one you and you're a teacher for a reason. You've chosen to be in this profession for a reason. And you wouldn't have done that if you thought that your personality, your quietness, whatever was too much of a barrier to overcome. There is no reason whatsoever that you can't thrive and be an absolute pro at behavior management and engagement. So just remember the three things we spoke about, making sure the work is in their zone of proximal development, just right, not too easy, not too hard really nail your routines and be consistent with them, whether it's being consistent with your own self at the door, greeting them and building that relationship, the routine of having an exit or um, entry task, whatever the routine is, just have it consistently so the students know what to expect from you and from the lesson and really nail those nonverbals. These are your absolute bread and butter. These are your magic. These are your little wands. Obviously it's not going to like be an instant flick of a switch, but these are the closest thing to magic that you can get. So really just practice modeling what you want from the energy in the room. And with that being said, we have reached the end of another episode of the Unteachables podcast, teach friends. And I hope that you have gotten even just one little nugget of knowledge or skill or strategy or anything that you can take away and try in your classroom this week. If you did, please always just pop over and let me know on my Instagram. It's so nice to hear from you and know that you've been listening and kind of hear what you've been doing in your classrooms. It's always a joy to do that. And until next time, everybody, have a lovely week and I will see you then. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Unteachables podcast, teacher friends. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you did, please make sure you head over and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single one. A little review would also mean a lot. And if you're a teacher just wanting to suck the classroom management knowledge and strategies straight out of my brain and pop them into yours, you can join my comprehensive professional development program that'll teach them today at the-unteachables.com. And because you listen to my podcast and you're a little bit more special, you can use the code podcast20 for a special 20% off enrollment. This training, I promise you, is truly transformational. Find the full link to this and other goodies, including a special freebie in the show notes. 
And finally, if you're wanting to reach out and say hello, please don't be a stranger. You can head over to my Instagram where I hang out the most, the.unteachables, and pop into my DMs. Until next time, teachers. Teachers.